everybody. Welcome to my dumb, dumb brain with Corey Ryan Forster. This Ooh, week, Corey Shut complains up. about stuff. Really? And then yeah, thanks people for things. Mm-hmm. And then he calls his mama, uh-huh. and they talk about his granny oh. and cooking food and how uh, they didn't drink enough water as kids. We All really right. Didn't. We really did. Sincerely, like, we should have drank so much more water than we did. Hey, everybody. Welcome to My Dumb Dumb Brain with Corey Ryan Forster, a Substack exclusive podcast here at CoreyWritesForYou.com. If you are somehow listening to this at not on CoreyWritesForYou.com, which I don't know how you would be, but if you are, hey, welcome. And uh, go to CoreyWritesForYou.com and subscribe to my blog slash newsletter where you get things like this here podcast, My Dumb Dumb Brain. You also get uh, journals and my uh, This Week in Southern History, which we just put out a new one. Uh, for, I say we. It's me. I don't know why I always do that. I'm like, oh, we did a story this week. It's like, who are you talking about? Me, myself? Who? Who is these? You and your split personalities? I guess. We just did a new one on uh, Minnie, Minnie M. Cox, who is, uh, she was the uh, first African-American postmaster in the country and um, at that in Mississippi. And uh, in 1903, that did not sit well with some Mississippians. I can't believe it. And they tried to kick her out. And uh, Teddy Roosevelt had to intervene, and it's a whole thing. Um, but, the, yeah, the, the story's up now in both. Uh, the print version is available for everybody. The audio version is available for those who subscribe at the $5 tier, um, it'll in, it'll end up being out for everybody, but people that pay the five bucks uh, get it early and they get bonus things that doesn't go out to everybody. And um, and obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably, yeah, I know, I'm subscribed. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, too, um, just in case I haven't said this a million times, which I'm sure I'm getting annoying to people, if the only thing keeping you from subscribing to the $5 tier and getting bonus things and getting things early and such is just the, the money, like you've, like, I look, man, I'm, I'm out of work right now because of, you know, COVID or just things are tough out there or you're on strike or you, or regardless, you just can't afford $5 a month because things are tough, then just email me at buttercreamcory at gmail.com and I will take care of you. I will comp you a subscription. Um, No questions asked. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Um, I know that there's some people who subscribe to the thought of like, well, that just means that there could be someone who could afford it, but they just email you to get a free. Okay, then Then, then they're getting away with one. I don't believe that that's how most things people are. I don't. Uh, I think that most people that ask for help genuinely need it and aren't just trying to be lazy. That's not how my thought process is. And here's the thing, uh, what's also good. I am the uh, head editor and CEO of CoreyWritesForYou.com, so I get to make all the decisions by God. And um, there are plenty of people out there who do subscribe, and to me, make it makes up for it. It's totally fine. This is one of the things that I can give out for free. Like, I can't, you know, always do that to, like, comedy shows because, like, the staff has to be paid, and we rent the venue. Like, it's just not, that's not a thing I can do. But for this, I totally can. So if you're out there and, and it's just the money, email me, buttercreamcory at gmail.com. I will comp you a subscription, no questions asked. And I always say this, which I'm sure people are getting tired of too, if you're someone out there and you have a problem with that, you're like, hey, man, I pay my five bucks and why why should they get the same thing then I will happily give you your money back I promise you all you gotta do is email me I'll give you your money back but I do not think that anyone here feels that way because like I said it's just we gotta help people out man like <laughs> it's uh, I barely think anybody should have to pay to get for to for me to entertain them but 
it you obviously that's I need to get over that. That's not true. You know, I put a lot of time into this. Of course, it's work. You know, um, but man, thank y'all so much, everyone who has subscribed so far. Like it has been crazy since October when we launched. Who is we? It's just you, Corey. <laughs> um, it's really popped off, man. And like I say, like you know, if everybody who is right now subscribed is who is subscribed for free would jump up to the five dollar tier, then I could do it, it. Will it would allow me to do a lot more and to invest more time into it because I put a lot of time aside to do all this. But like you know, obviously, the more subscriptions I had, it's like, hey, I bet you. Uh, then I, I wouldn't have to do insert. Uh, insert thing I do in my career that maybe is not a thing I want to be doing, but it's like, hey, you know, it pays the bills, whatever. So I would encourage you if you if you enjoy the stories and you can afford it, to please consider subscribing at the five dollar tier. But again, not a oh look, here's a <laughs> here's my alarm to tell me to go do one of those other things that I don't necessarily like. Uh, hey, I'll be right back. Okay, and I'm back here. Sorry, I had to go run and take care of a little, little business. Well, Corey, here's the thing. Because you edit it, no one knows that you're gone. So you don't even have to say this part, you fucking idiot. That's true. That is true, I don't. Uh, man, I wanted to thank everybody because I know that I haven't been, I haven't uh, put one of these up in a little bit because I'm um, super busy in December and also I was just, I was under the weather. <laughs> I did not feel good um, for a while there. Um, but I wanted to thank everybody who came out, man, if you were in Nashville in December, December 16th to the 19th, when we filmed our specials, my God, you were there for something that genuinely was so very, very, very special to me. And, um, it was, I was so, this whole year leading up to filming those, and I say this whole year for four months, because we're in a situation where I won't bore you with the details, but like, basically we had a date locked in to where, hey, if you guys want to shoot specials this year, it has to be this date right here. And we had just gone back on tour. And I was just like, I told my manager straight up at first, I was like, I'm not interested because like I, I, I've got to, I've got to work the material. Like I'm not going to be there in, in that amount of time. And they were like, well, this is, you know, this is the offer and this is when we can, you know, this is when you can do it and we can get the venue and you only, it's only going to be half hour. And as soon as I heard half hour, I was like, oh, half, okay, half hour. I can feasibly, I was like, no, you know what? You can, you can do this, man. You can, you can write the material and get it there. It's going to be fine. Well, I stressed like every, because of that, um, if a comedian's listening, you'll know that meant those four months of touring were not really fun. And we'd already gone through like being off the road for 18 months because of the pandemic and then having to come back and do stand up and be rusty was already kind of not fun and very scary. And then having the whole like, okay, and you've got to go from 18 months, no work to in four months, you've got to have this, this turd polished and ready to record. And so every single show it's like, normally if you have a, you know, you're like, the show is only kind of decent. You're like, ah, eh, you know, I was trying a new thing, whatever. But when, when, when you're recording in four months, every show becomes like, dude, it's you, what are you going to do? Scrap the whole thing. It's not good. You don't have your, you don't have the grace and you're not allowing yourself time for things to die. You don't have that time. Well, because of that, I was just, every weekend was just a nervous, sometimes we would have killer shows, and I'm like, boom, if we were recording that, I'm, I'm the man, and then the next weekend, I would not do so well, and I'm not really, 
I'm not trying to sound cocky, but we toured, you know, I've been doing stand-up for 17 years, and we've toured together for five and a half years, and before the pandemic, I mean, we were doing shows, you know, we're doing shows literally every weekend, we were on the road like 45 to 50 weeks a year, we're doing sometimes Tuesday through Sunday, my shit was sharp, I knew exactly what I was doing, and because we have such our own fans, and every show's like a corked bat situation, I, I hadn't had a bad show in a fucking long time and it's not necessarily just because of me that's because the crowd is amazing and we were just sharp well i was having some stinkers this year boy i'm talking like i'm going holy shit have you ever done stand-up before what is your problem how on earth what's that's not a joke how is that fun well so i'm having bad weekends and i'm super super stressed and my wife just kept telling me she's like you're going to get to Nashville. Everything's going to be polished. And Nashville is your city, baby. And, like, it's going to be amazing. And I told her, I said, listen, if we get to Nashville and the shows really do go insane and they're great and the recordings go great, I said, you have no idea how much of a relief that is going to be for me. Like, I'm going to feel like a weight has been lifted completely off of my shoulders. And I said, honestly, I don't think I'll, I'll be, I, I don't think I'll be stressed for a year. And she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, I'm here to tell you that uh, we are getting close to a month removed from doing those recordings and filming that special and it going amazing. And I'm telling you, I was correct. I have never in my life felt more free. <laughs> I feel so good. I feel so relaxed. I feel like it's like you did it. They're in They're in the can and it's good and they recorded it. You can't have it taken away from you. And I've been working on, you know, this, this, uh, um, uh, my, the, the, why can't, I can't talk. I've been working on the stories for this blog and I've just been so free and able to just do other things. And I'm so happy creatively. And, and I, that was a long way around saying that like, if it wasn't for all of you who subscribe and read my stories on here and listen to this podcast, which today this podcast has been one big advertisement for the freaking <laughs> for what you're already uh, paying for for a month which is stupid I'm sorry but it was my long way around saying like thank you all so much you genuinely do not know how much it means to me that you read these stories and you share these stories and that's why I say I'm like you know even if you just subscribe for free it's just as valuable to me and it kind of, it really is it's not really a lie just having the audience here makes it worth it for me to write these stories and tell these stories and I'm having so much fun doing it and now that I've got the special behind me I'm just free to do this and like this is really a good place for me creatively because um I've I've probably said this on here before but like it, it's it's gotten to a point in me where I'm I'm kind of um my, my career kind of freaks me out because you know I've been doing stand-up for 17 years right 17 years now, I have only been successful for five and a half to six of those years, right? Doing stand-up. Well, my popularity grew um, starting around a year ago tomorrow, because tomorrow's January 6th, when um, I, for the first time, not trying to be funny, grabbed my phone and just screamed into it some stuff that I felt because the insurrection pissed me off. Because I'd seen a lot of people. It's the first time that I had realized that that QAnon stuff wasn't as fringe as I thought it was. You know what I mean? Like, at first with all those people, I was like, yeah, man, those people exist. But like, 
you know, I don't know any of them. It's just some idiots on there. Well, I found out that, like, there was a, you know, pretty big group of friends that I used to play football with that, like, they believed all this. And, like, they were wanting to go to the Capitol and stuff like that. And that's when I realized, like, oh, this isn't as fringe as you think it is. These people are in your backyard. And I got upset about that, and I screamed um, into my phone, right? And uh, that video went really, really viral, and then all of a sudden, I had a lot more followers, and I had a lot more people paying attention to me. And, like, that part is great, obviously, but the part that's weird is that I'm like, yeah, but, like, I don't... Yes, it's, 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 because, it's because that's not what you necessarily want to be known for. You're a comedian, and now the thing that you're most known for is screaming into your phone. Um Admittedly, I, I, I'm glad that people know my position, and and obviously something I've always wanted to do is make sure that people know that just because you're a redneck or have this accent doesn't mean that you think the stereotypical things that people think that rednecks think. Obviously, I want people to know that, but like it got to where people, like, if I didn't, if something happened, if something horrible happened in the world or still happens, and I don't grab my phone and scream into it, people were like, what are you doing? This is what we come here for. And I'm like, that's really weird. Like, like I, I'm glad that uh, that me, me screaming in, in, into my phone made you uh, know who I am, but I'm hoping that you would then just stick around for, you know, comedy, <laughs> right? Or my stories. Um but that's what, again, a long way around of saying that's why I'm enjoying writing for y'all so much because I'm able to take my thoughts and my beliefs um, and my point of view and, frankly, my agenda, and I'm able to, like, sit down and, and think about it for a minute and write it down on a piece of paper and construct it into something that's entertaining because at I want to be entertaining. Like, the, everything I do must be at least entertaining. Obviously, when you're sitting here talk, writing a story about, you know, racism in the South and stuff, everything's not going to be completely laugh-out-loud funny. This this venture here is not my all. i am trying to be comedy first venture You know, that's when I'm on stage, I'm absolutely comedy first. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I do... It's cool to me if you come to see a show and you're like, oh, wow, he was funny. And also, that made me think about that in a completely different way. That's great. But to me, I do not want to just go on stage and only make you think about things. That Fuck that. I'm not that, <laughs> I'm not that comedian. I'm a comedy first guy. We are going to talk about, if I'm on stage, we are going to probably talk about some societal issues. It's how I've always been. Um, you know, when I was coming up doing comedy, you know, me and Trey talk about this all the time. He's like, it's just the, the greatest of all time. If you look at the, the common denominator, they were always, they always had something to say. And I want to have something to say, but like the comedy part has to be there. I do not want to go on stage and just say something that everybody agrees with just so everybody, it's called clapter. You know, that's a thing. Oh, it's not funny, but we agree, right? That's not when I do when I do stand up, it's comedy first. But when I do this Substack, I want it to be humorous. Uh, but I'm really trying to paint a picture, and I'm trying to tell stories that, you know, maybe don't get told enough, or I've never I've never heard of at least. But my point is, did I say thank you? All right, yes, this has been a 15 minute way of me saying thank you for giving me an audience here on Substack, so that I can explore different areas of my creativity honestly all this has been is i have a huge chip on my shoulder because uh because i'll write a story 
and I'll put it out and people will be like, some of my friends will be like, I thought you were a comedian. It seems like you want to be a history professor. I'm like, well, first off, I didn't even go to college. I'm not doing no history professor stuff. But like, yeah, this isn't, every everything that I do isn't just to get a joke across. And maybe I should have used a non-diplume. Maybe that would have been a good idea so you can separate when Corey is trying to be comedy first or when Corey is just trying to entertain i'm always just trying to entertain okay i'm an inner that's why i consider myself an entertainer when i'm on stage it's comedy when i'm behind my computer sometimes it's just to entertain but uh, i do like having a point of view but okay enough about me uh jesus christ how how long can i talk about myself <laughs> hey what are you doing I'm uh, cutting up cauliflower. Okay, you're being recorded, by the way. Oh, okay. Where, where are you? So, what are you making? Uh, Daddy's making a roast. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna have mashed potatoes, roasted carrots, roasted uh, cauliflower. You know, and I'm gonna do like make that loaded like a loaded potato for mm-hmm. those of us who are low carbing. Yes. So um, that's that's it. Well, am so. I bu- am I bugging you? Do you need to get back no, to the? No, I'm actually waiting for the uh, oven to get to the right temperature. So, so whenever you were a kid, what was like? So, I mean, obviously, you know, I've got my birthday meal that I always look forward to. But what was the like? What was the th- what was the meal you looked most forward to granny making or just consuming in general? What was like you're like, oh, we're getting this? Heck yeah, that's my jam. Mm-hmm. Well, we basically never went out to eat to right. a restaurant. So um Like ever? Well mm, we would go to the Pizza Inn. Right. Over there by Sears the- Shoe Store. Uh, well, up on, up closer to where the old bowling alley used to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know. And um, I loved just there uh, getting, that was the first time, actually, I was introduced to a stuffed baked potato. Really? Was there. Yes, and they, this was not a chain. This was a family-owned restaurant. Right. Not to be confused with Pizza Hut. Right. And, um... That and I loved their salad because it had, they had the best Italian dressing. I don't mm-hmm. know what it was. It was probably wishbone in a bottle. I have no right. idea, yeah, sure but still that. Um, but like I didn't have, a, I'm telling you, I was really, really picky then. I would eat anything now. Right. But uh, really, honestly, um, fresh vegetables in the summertime when we had. Tomatoes, um, right, yeah tomatoes we called it fried corn a lot of people call it creamed corn yeah but we'd have fried corn tomatoes and then we would have okra and cornbread and she would slice a uh, onion and let it soak in vinegar for a long time Mm -hmm. and then sometimes she would cut up you know um cucumbers and go in that fresh cucumbers from mr james across the street oh yes mr james yes and is mrs james still alive mr james no. i I know mr james is dead but i don't i don't know i don't know because Mm. i really have we'll have to investigate yeah the only contact i have over there is kind of may and you know how that goes so 
Um, so I don't know, but it, it, it really looks like somebody else might live there because it's kind of got a different vibe on the outside of it a little bit. So uh, I'm kind of thinking that. So, so. I, I know that like, now that I think about it, it's like, well, Doug, y'all didn't go out to eat because y'all literally didn't have any money. Like when you were, well, we didn't, and they're really. I mean, like our first, well, our first drive-through. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, like right a there. fast food yeah. was McDonald's, but then our first restaurant was the Pizza Inn, and then the Western Sizzling. Well, like Granny, you know, like I said, y'all didn't have no money. But like when I was a no. when I was a kid, though, me and Granny went out to eat all the time, and I know she still didn't have no money. What do you think changed? She was just like, well, I'm on Social Security now, so you know, what I got the. Um, or I guess dad was doing okay and like you know so there was more like a comfort level in our whole family so granny's like we can get Taco Bell yeah well there's Laura James <laughs> there's Laura James uh, I just think I mean she was really really good with her money right well she had to be or, well she had to be and so when she was, didn't have... What is she saying there. right now? <laughs> I don't know. She's just excited. She's yeah. been watching a new Disney movie, and so it gets her excited. There's yeah. a lot of music in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think she budgeted herself so well that when she was by herself, I mean, the only time she probably ate like a full meal was then when she would go out. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because yeah. she was, when she, before, while she lived in Fort Oglethorpe, she did a lot of peanut butter and crackers. And, oh, yeah. You know, stuff like that. And I remember telling her, Mother, that's that's not, you know, that's not a meal. You can't do that. Da 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 da. And now, even though your dad's here, since we don't, I don't fix many big meals, I kind of see that. Because, like, yeah. sometimes I'm like, okay, I could just eat peanut butter and cracker and go on and everything's fine. You know what I'm saying? Well, when yeah, I was a I, kid, her, like, she always made, you know, like, on Sunday we would have uh, mashed potatoes, green beans, hominy, and, like, cornbread and stuff like that. And that was, like, her main, yes. in her, that was her main rotation in her repertoire. What, like, but you were there seven days a week. Like, run me through a seven, a like, week? the week. Yeah. Well... I mean, we would have, you know, in the summer, she would, that's one reason why she could live so cheaply. Right. Is in the Because Mr. James hooked it we, up. Yes, he had that huge garden, and anything she wanted to be in the garden, she, she would uh, grow it for. No questions asked. And, and there was no charge for anything. Of course. I mean, so that was all that free food, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we would can and freeze everything. And so in the sun, in the winter time, then we would eat um, half is it half white runner beans. Yeah. So some nights we one night we would have like beans, white beans, an onion, and cornbread and slaw. That mm-hmm. was a dinner. Okay. Uh, every once in a while, she would make uh, blue box. <laughs> yeah. She would make oh, yeah. blue box macaroni. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, there, I mean, there was never like spaghetti and meatballs or nothing like that. Right. 
sometimes why do you think that was because like that is not an expensive meal to make you would think that like she would have figured that out and be like oh this is a cheap thing i can do it's just because like that's italian and she don't do italian no i just think that that just wasn't her thing i just think you know all my other friends and stuff because she was so much older than me all my other friends they that's what they did they did those kind of things yeah that's what they had for dinner but that's the white beans like one night some night sometimes she'd change it up and we'd have pintos yeah 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 and uh she did make uh you know her porcupine meatball. Porcupine meatball. Yeah. How yes. it, didn't uh uh tell tell what's the recipe for that and tell us tell us how it was written in her in her recipe book because wasn't there something funny to that? Well, yeah. Instead of porcupine, yeah. like the animal, yeah. you spelled the animal. She had it P O R K Y. Porcupine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, you oh, know, bless her heart. It's a meatball. It's a meatball with. Uh, I think uh, she put onions. Onions in it. And, that's what the porcupine. Like that's what that's yeah. that is, right? Onions, yes, that's the porcupine part. And yeah. rice. Right. She yes. There you rice go. In it. Right. And so, and then sometimes you know, them things were damn good too. No, they're very good. And then she would just open up like a can of tomato soup and pour on top of yeah. it. She probably seasoned her soup. I can't remember because there really wasn't anything she didn't like. Add something to. You know, yeah. then you, you, you cook those in the oven. Then she loved to, you know, pork chops are cheap. I didn't like, I really didn't like fried at then much anything. So she would do, um, barbecue pork chops where she, and she would make her own barbecue sauce, which yeah. is, you know, the it's just a easy thing. Catch and up and, uh, what do you, it's ketchup and what? Just like uh, ketchup, vinegar, yeah. brown sugar. Brown sugar. Yeah, maybe she might add a little mustard to it yeah. or something like that. And just, you know, till it tastes like how you want it to. Onion powder, garlic powder, salt, pepper, <clears throat> like that. That's what she would do. And uh, so those were two, like, she would consider those very contemporary meals. Yeah, right, that, right, right. That, you know, that she made. <clears throat> So, as far as anything, I'm trying to... Th- oh, 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 except green peppers. Oh, yeah. You know, she never made those for me, but I remember you talking about oh, them all the time. Yeah. I don't think... Not that I can remember, but you know what? I can see me as a kid not being into that. I could yeah, see, Because but- I wasn't... I was not really, really picky, but I do remember, like, peppers were something I came in late to the game on. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Well, um, she would do those, and then really... The inside of those peppers was basically the same ingredients as the meatballs. Right, yeah. She just put those in there, and uh, I think she might have poured uh, the tomato soup on top of that, you know, on her. This. So those were kind of that. Our big meal, or you'd say fancy meal, whatever, would be on Sundays, and she would do a roast, and she would cook green beans. Mm-hmm. She would do those in the pressure cooker which everybody now calls an Instapot. But she would put the beans in there, and then she would put potatoes Potatoes. on top of those beans. Yep, that was the best. Yes, and sometimes carrots, Mm -hmm. too, if she had those. And she would cook 
all that together in that um, pot. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that you know I like you know I have to admit your potato soup's better than hers. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of things that Granny did that now if I'm having to be objective, I can be like, well, you know, this hers actually wasn't the best. It's just that it was made with love and therefore I loved it and blah, blah, blah. Like if I'm being just objective about it, like it, it's right. not it's not like her mashed potatoes were anything to write home about, but I loved them because I loved her. However, right. the one thing I will say without question is like, no, her this was the best. Her green beans, no one has ever even come close to making no. because she'd get them out of I assume Mr. James's garden. Yes. And then she'd cook them with the potato and also cook them with a big old helping of bacon grease. Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. no I've never I've never had green beans anywhere close to like hers and I've been to some really good meat and three restaurants that have, you know, pretty good green beans but I'm like man it's just it just ain't it ain't like mm-hmm. Granny's. It's not the same. It's not the same. And she canned her green beans. Yeah. She did not for Oh, I remember. I remember being on the porch, and, and she'd give me a bucket, and she'd have a bucket, yeah. and we'd be sitting there snapping them and, you know, thumping yeah. them in the thing, and then she would uh, she'd get her, she'd do what? In her big dish pan. Yeah, and yeah. then she'd get the double boiler or whatever and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, work them up, and then she would, she would can them, and the whole dadgum house was like a sauna. Oh, yeah. You know, because oh, yeah. she'd have yeah. it steamed out, and then if she was doing, uh, um, tomatoes on the same day i've told people this before that like it like it would like water make my eyes water because of how much <laughs> like acidity there was in the air, air. Yeah. yeah 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 no doubt no doubt about that did you drink water when you were a kid because you know granny famously didn't doesn't no didn't drink i did water. not yeah right actually <laughs> i only started drinking water <laughs> Uh, really kind of like a few years ago. I mean, I'm talking like, when when did LaCroix come out? <laughs> you're, say, you're saying like, in your, uh, this is, uh, look, I don't, LaCroix, LaCroix have been out for a minute and like, they, I, I know that they were like really popular in the Midwest before we got them, but oh, like, yeah, but not, here. not yeah. here. We, they've only been popular here for maybe five, six years. Okay. Popular, well, not existed, popular. Right. Right. When they, when they became popular here and we knew what they were, I mean, because I already knew I liked sparkling water, but you didn't drink it here. It would be like when I would go on vacation, right. I could get sparkling water. Right. Um, but kind of, I mean, of course, naturally, I would drink water with my medicine if I took some or right. something like that. <laughs> but we're, you know, a... Um, Water, no. I mean, I always drank either her sweet tea, which nobody can make. No, that's never. You'll never find it. And it's so weird because it's like there's two ingredients, tea and sugar. But she just. But she knew the perfect combination. God dang. She knew how long for it to steep. Yes, it wasn't bitter. It was. No. But it wasn't weak. Oh, Because she despised weak tea. Yeah, and I just don't know. You know, she just did it. it. That was just one of those things that she was magical. So I drank sweet tea and Coca-Cola. Yeah, Coke. it it's crazy because, you know, you hear all the time, if you don't have water, you'll die. And I'm like, my granny lived 96 years, and I don't think she ever drank water. I mean... Apparently there's enough of it in tea, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, it, that's basically all tea is, is, is flavored water. 
I mean, so we would, you know, you get your hydration that way, you know, at least. And, uh, but, mm, I mean, I just didn't. I just, before I started drinking the LaCroix, basically all I did was drink three three or four cups of coffee a day and get ready to go to bed. And I'd go, oh my gosh, I haven't had anything else to drink. Today. I know so, it's uh it's yeah. pretty crazy like I yeah like granny just yeah. I was hurt so much is like we just did not drink enough water when we were kids <laughs> like no, it, at no. all no y'all drank high yeah all she, it is it is insane that I do not have diabetes and like I don't mean that as a slight to you as a parent because you provided me with great nutrition I'm literally just speaking on how like when I was a kid it was just everybody exclusively drank sugar water all day, every day. Like, well, yeah. whether it was that high C was or sun, like even the stuff like Sunny D was like kind of marketed as like, oh yeah, your kids are going to drink oh, orange juice. And it's like, dude, it's so well, bad for you. They did us the same way they did everybody about cigarettes. No, I know. I know. They kept that a secret. I mean, they pro- I'm sure they knew that it wasn't that great for you. Right. You know, or whatnot, but people bought it. Because if you all were, and you're not, I mean, almost the first, maybe second generation of things made for convenience. Right. People were doing everything. And I will say my generation probably was the first, but the, I didn't drink, I didn't do much of that because my parents were so much older than me. Yeah, right, right, right. But, you know, but. You know, that's the time in which I was born when all that stuff was coming out. You know, everything in a tin can and frozen food and, fr- you know, frozen meals and things like that. Yeah. So, but, uh, I mean, that's just why today, I mean, I really don't care necessarily that much about meat. Right. Yeah, I, I tell people, I, 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 I even wrote about it in um, our book when we wrote it uh, six years ago that was like, that I said my granny was almost a vegetarian, but and mm-hmm. and and I and I was telling about how many people in the South I know that are like accidental vegetarians, like they're not yes. like the, granny would never identify as a vegetarian, but like you, there's no doubt in my mind that if you took oh, if you just told granny hey you can't eat meat anymore she would barely have to change her life, you know exactly. now the obviously bacon, bacon grease. grease yep the bacon grease now she, and again she in order to get the bacon grease she had bacon but like m- meat was not a requirement at meals. You and know I what I mean? This. She fried a lot of bacon that nobody ever ate. ate. She got it for the grease. That's so funny. Yeah. I yeah. loved her bacon, though. She could fry some really good bacon. I don't know if she could. And uh, her her fried potatoes mm. and onions. Oh, my God. It was so good. Yeah, they were so good. Those are the things I think about. Now I look back on. I'm just about to cry. Then I look back on and really think, man, I don't think you appreciated that mm-hmm. enough. You know, just stuff like that, and the fact that she would tell me, and I see myself with Laura James because Laura James is really not a good eater, right? And I wasn't a really good eater. And you know, she'd say, "Oh, you don't eat enough to keep a bird alive. What am I going to do?" With you? <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. But yeah. it was she would walk in, and I remember her saying to me, 
you just tell me what you want. I don't care what it is, and I will fix it for you so that you will eat. It frustrates me so much when I see little kids like Laura James. I want to be. I want to just grab them and shake them and just be like, "You have no idea. This is the time <laughs> in your life when you can just go bananas. Just eat whatever you want. Just um, eat. Yeah. Eat one day." One day you will pray that you were as picky as you were when you were four, but just oh, exactly. just go bananas, do whatever you want to do. There's no doubt about that. And nap anytime you want to. Just go to yeah, just sleep. Oh, that too. They're like, oh, the the kid just won't sleep. I'm like, God dang, I would love if I could just lay there and eat a loaded baked potato and take a nap. Mm-hmm. That'd be so awesome. Well, and know that you're not gonna get yeah. fat over. Well, I'm making myself hungry, so I'm going to go get in the shower and then come over to your house and eat this roast. Okay. Okay. I'll be here. Uh, Tell tell everybody hello. Hello and goodbye. To say say thank you for listening to My Dumb Dumb Brain with Corey Ryan Forster. Oh, is that the name of your podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, son. Well, okay. Okay, okay, let's get into that. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? I mean, I know you're being funny, but I just don't hope that I, I just hope you don't think you have a dumb, dumb brain. Well, I do, but that doesn't, it doesn't mean that I think I'm dumb. So like one thing that I always like to, when I'm, when I'm trying to like talk myself out of an anxiety attack or Mm -hmm. I'm being, or I'm depressed and it's, and I can't hardly see the other side. I've had to convince myself that like, it's just your your my my dumb dumb brain is my brain when it's depressed and anxiety real. Okay. I'm like it's just it's my your brain playing tricks on you. It's just it's my okay. it's my dumb dumb brain. So yeah, no. It listen. It started as a placeholder, and people have already told me you're like you need to change the title because you're not dumb. And I'm like I know I'm not dumb, but my brain's dumb. How can I get this across to you? Maybe if I was smarter, I'd figure it out. Um, so that's the yeah. Look, it's just this podcast is it's on that you've the reason you've never heard it or know what it is is because it's on my Substack. It's the exclusive to the Substack. Uh, okay. All where right. I, where well, I, write I mean, things. I, I'm probably I'm sure I heard heard you tell that or I've seen a something about it and I just didn't think about that that was really the name of it. You, you heard I mean? you heard it here, folks. I'm really getting the word out. My own mother doesn't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> Well, you do so much, son, that I can't, honestly, I can't keep up. So, but I will sign off for you if you would like for me to. Okay. Well, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to all y'all, and I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you for listening to Corey Forster's My Dumb Dumb Brain. <laughs> okay, love you, Mom. I'll see you in like uh, 45 minutes. <laughs> okay, honey. Bye-bye. To keep me satisfied.
ice cream cake and chocolate sauce would see me through okay. Let's keep eating and competing forever and a day. I need something more than soup to keep me set.